This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number two of our Sunday show. Thanks for stopping by. 1-800-919-3776. Also via X at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. As promised, we head now to the phones. Be joined by Rich Samini, who does a tremendous job covering the New York football jets on ESPN.com and also on the flight deck, which you can hear on ESPN on the ESPN New York app. Rich, happy Sunday, my friend. How are you? Happy Sunday, Larry. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. All right, Rich, this is this is the dawn of a new season for you. Just just for a moment. Take me back through this offseason. It's been one of the more interesting ones, and you've had a few, but it's been one of the more interesting ones in your years covering the Jets. Just kind of recap the offseason for us from your point of view. Uh, you know, this will be my 35th year covering the Jets, and this was a totally unique offseason. You know, like you said, they've had big offseasons before, but it was usually a collection of players. You know, they've had free agency spending sprees in the past. We we don't have to recount the names. I think every fan knows who they are. But this year was all about one player. And uh, that's what made it unique. Um, I can never recall one player making this much of an impact on the team before the season started. It's just been uh, all Rodgers all the time. And uh, it's really hard to quantify the kind of impact he's made on the players and the coaches and really the culture at the building. It is, uh, it's amazing, Rich, just from watching it through hard knocks. And this is something that you're, you're seeing up close. Uh, what's the biggest difference that he's brought to this team? You know, the, the, I could say the obvious, which is just really good quarterback play, which we have not seen in these parts in quite some time. I mean, that's the obvious, but I'm going to go a little beyond the obvious here. And it's just the, um, I think the relationship building that goes on behind the scenes, uh, I thought we saw that play out in a very poignant scene uh, after the, or during the giant game, actually on the sideline when, you know, he and Kai Becton embraced on the sideline. That's one of the players that Rogers has really kind of taken under his wing this summer, along with Zach Wilson. Um, and just, I think that's the dynamic that maybe a lot of us didn't anticipate just the off the field, chemistry and the impact he's had in, in the way he's been a leader, I think that that has taken me by surprise a little bit. Riz, before we go on the field, I want to go in the meeting rooms for a second. And a lot of folks, uh, when they talk about the Jets and they talk about different things and how this team is going to do, aside from players and positions, a lot of conversation about the coaching staff and Robert Sala in particular. What have you seen from Robert Sala this year? Is there a growth? We always talk about, Rich, how players have to take steps and improve every year. Well, coaches and head coaches have to do the same thing. What have you seen from Robert Sala and his coordinators during this uh, during this time of this offseason? Well, I mean, with Nathaniel Hackett, it's, it's new for us, you know, so it's really just getting to know him and see him operate for the first time. And so he's the new guy on the block so to speak. And so that'll be an ongoing process, I think, as fans and, and media alike get to figure out his tendencies. He's a really, really upbeat coach, highly energetic. You see it in hard knocks, the the little they've shown him. He's always, I mean, he was diagramming last week, like breaking down film on 
how to celebrate, you know, and he really believes that, like how to have a, like a touchdown celebration. He doesn't want one guy doing it. He wants a group of people. So that's the kind of uh, person he is, the kind of coach he is. But let's face it, you know, he's coming off a rough year in Denver. I mean, their, off- their offense was abysmal last year. And, you know, was that an outlier or was that a sign of things to come? We don't know. So that's going to be interesting. As for Salah, I think the word I would use is just there's just been a sense of calmness about him, and I think that's because of Rodgers. I mean, mm. in 20 years in the NFL as an assistant coach, coordinator, and head coach, Salah's never had a quarterback anything close to this stature. So, you know, I think he's relieved that it takes some stuff off his plate. He doesn't have to micromanage the quarterback position maybe like he did in the past, you know, you know, Wilson, Rogers is like he can run an autopilot. You know, he, you know, he can essentially be the offensive coordinator himself. So I think there's a sense of calmness about Salah, at least outwardly, that I think he knows the team is in good hands with Rogers. And so I think that has, you know, again, but we, you know, he's going to be in some tough game situations, situationally Salah that we haven't seen a lot in the past, the first two years. Let's face it, how many like crucial late-season games have they been in where he's had to make big decisions? Not a lot. So that's going to be something we see unfold. Rich, I mean, he's my guest here on the Larry Hardesty Show. All right, Rich, let's let's head on onto the field with the players. And obviously, everybody's talked about it. Everybody's talked about this Jet offensive line. It's, it's, the, it's the biggest topic of conversation. It really, depending on analysts, it, it really defines where they rank this offense because of that play. Uh Give me your thoughts on what you've seen from Makai Becton, uh, just from a guy who, and once again, we understand the availability is still an issue. <laughs> we haven't played a regular season game yet. But just just take us through from where he came in as a guy who you know, probably was just going to be maybe a backup to the guy who's now your starting right tackle. Yeah, I don't believe the Jets coming into training camp were thinking that Makai is going to be our starting right tackle. I think they've been pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, there was no way to forecast because he was coming off the two knee surgeries. He basically hadn't played in two years, and he was the ultimate wild card. You didn't know what you were going to get. And, you know, slowly, gradually, you know, he worked his way up from a few reps a day to getting a bunch of reps and then winning the starting job at right tackle because, let's face it, neither Billy Turner nor Max Mitchell really distinguished themselves there. So the door was wide open, you know, and Makai grabbed it. And so – you mentioned the availability. It's interesting. We we sat down with Rogers the other day, uh, some of the the writers, and you know he was. I mean, he likes where the offense is, where it's progressed to, but he was a couple of the questions he was articulating were, you know, can Dwayne Brown and and Mackay Becton finish the the first game? You know, neither one of them. You know, ba- Brown didn't play at all in the preseason. He's barely practiced. Becton's only played, I think, twenty five snaps is the most he's had in a game. I think that was that's on Aaron Rodgers' mind too. You know, not only the fans, but he's thinking about that as well. So, um, if if they stay healthy, I think they'll be okay at tackle. But that's the big question mark there. Rich is is this going is this going to be a situation where on some plays, much like a team some years ago, they had Wayne Hunter. Are we going to see you know a sixth offensive lineman on some plays, or we going to have to see tight end help <laughs> on one side? <laughs> well, they you know they better you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think they'll be helping. I mean, in pass protection, they get a break that Von Miller's not playing in this game. He's out four weeks. 
um, coming back from last year's knee injury. So, so they catch a little bit of a break there. But it, there'll be a gauntlet of pass rushers coming up, you know, including week two, Micah Parsons. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's got to be a concern. I could imagine uh, the Jets will be uh, offering some tight end help and running back help to their offensive line in that game. Speaking of the running backs, I mean, uh, listen, with, with Cook and Hall, it seems like the perfect combination, uh, Rich. You can have uh, Cook early and Hall late. You, you can, you know, balance out the running attack with them and do some things. Both of them hand, have good hands catching the ball out of the backfield. It's, it's going to be a nice little option for Rodgers when that rush does come kind of quick. Yeah, it, that'll be It's one of the most interesting things I'm looking forward to seeing how they use those two guys. Obviously, neither one played in the preseason. Brees Hall's had a few practices, you know, not really any contact. Uh, Dalvin Cook got there late. He's only had a, a couple of practices. So I think it'll be a committee approach as they start the season. I suspect you'll probably see more of Dalvin Cook than Brees Hall. The team has been very uh, open about wanting to bring Hall along slowly. I mean, it's only been 10 months since he had the ACL surgery. So I don't think you're going to see Brees Hall getting 15 carries next Monday night. I, I think you'll probably see a little bit more of Cook than Hall, but a combination of both and also Michael Carter in there as well. Mm-hmm. The receivers, Rich, when, look, we can see Rodgers loves Garrett Wilson. They've got a great chemistry, but we also know the teams are going to try to take Garrett Wilson away from him on certain plays and certain situations. Where does he go? Does he go to – who else does he have you know, confidence in? Obviously, you would say Alan Lazard. Does that mean that Randall Cobb's going to get more play than we thought he was going to get? Or uh, as uh, I think it was Ira who called in earlier, said that he sees Tyler Conklin having an even bigger season at tight end than he had last year. Yeah, that's a really good question. Who was their number two uh, after Wilson? Uh, I don't know if that guy has emerged yet, but they better figure it out and – because you're absolutely right. You know, Garrett Wilson is going to draw extra coverage. I mean, he's, he's not a secret anymore. <laughs> Teams are going to be, uh, you know, scouting for him. And so I, I don't know who that number two is going to be. Obviously, Rodgers has a long history with Lazard and Cobb. Lazard, he, I think he'll play on Monday night. He's been dealing with a shoulder injury, but he's expected to play. I think Cobb is a guy people are sleeping on. Uh, he is... He kind of he won the slot receiver job this summer. You know, I mean, he's been getting a lot of work with the first team in training camp as a slot receiver. And I think on if it's third and five or third and seven, you got to look out for Randall Cobb just because of his relationship with Rodgers. I think Cobb is going to play more than people think. Mm, that's that's an interesting point, Rich Amini, my guest. All right, Rich, let's. Uh... Let's switch sides. Now, I want to get your thoughts on the linebackers. I think the defensive line is deep. We know they're going to you know, continue to rotate players, and that's been the strength. But I, I got to tell you, and I, I mentioned this to you before, I think Will McDonald has jumped off the page. I think Jermaine Johnson. I think both of them are ready to take that next step this year, Rich. What have you seen from them in the, in the uh, preseason? Well, definitely Johnson. You know, uh, having had the year under his belt, he probably had the most impressive preseason of anybody on defense. Um, that's not just my opinion. That's, you know, some people there feel the same way. He, w- he was really good. He basically was the starter for the entire month of August because Carl Lawson was, was out with a back injury. So Jermaine Johnson was one of the starting defensive ends. Uh, just, uh, I think he worked on his body. I mean, he just seemed stronger. 
more explosive than he was last year. And he admitted like, he watched last year's tape of himself, and he's like, who's that guy? He didn't recognize himself. So he went to work on his body this offseason. He looks, he looks better. You're going to see a lot of him. Now, I do think Carl Lawson will play against Buffalo, but I do think you're going to see a lot of Jermaine Johnson. And Will McDonald is interesting. He's obviously going to be in the defensive line rotation. He had a good preseason. He was disruptive as an edge rusher. I don't think you'll see him on first or second down. I think you'll see him just situationally as a pass rusher. But uh, I'm curious to see. Uh, the Jets did not play a lot of – they didn't go against a lot of good offensive tackles in the preseason. So I'm curious to see how McDonald reacts when he plays uh, a couple of really good offensive tackles. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, depth is always an issue, Rich. Give me your thoughts on the depth of this secondary. Obviously, listen, the front part of it, the corners are excellent. We, the DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner are among the top duel in the in the NFL, clearly. But as we start to get to the safeties, it, you know, what's the depth of this secondary? Because we always know, Rich, somebody's going to get injured. Yeah, well, you know, actually last year, their defense as a whole was extraordinarily fortunate. They had very, very few injuries on defense. I think it might have been the fewest games lost in the league on defense. So I think that was one of the reasons why they were so successful on defense last year. Um, the only guy we really banged up last year was LaMarcus Joyner. And, uh, you know, they kind of filled in at safety. So, yeah, I mean, the secondary, they, the three corners are set. If something, you know, Brandon Eccles is not going to be available as the fourth corner for Week One. He's got that one-game suspension, so you'll you'll see Bryce Hall as the fourth corner. Um, that's a little bit of a trouble spot for me if somehow he gets pressed into duty. Uh, safety, Tony Adams won the job. You know, he's got very little experience, but he won the job alongside Whitehead. Uh, interesting guy is Adrian Amos. You know, they I don't know. If, Fans picked up on this, but he was playing. They used a little free safety look against the Giants in the last preseason game. So there might be certain situations where they use three safeties in the game, sort of like a big nickel package. And so Amos is an interesting guy. He's been a starter his entire career, but he's not the starter now. But yet I think they may be able to carve out a little role for him. Uh, curious, how many questions to your mailbag? did you get when Thomas Morstead was left off <laughs> the roster? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think some people, you know, it was kind of a joke. Someone asked Sala if he was planning not to punt this year, because their <laughs> offense was going to be so good. But uh, yeah, I think it was pretty obvious what they were doing. They, every team does it just your basic roster gymnastics on cut down days. So with, with Morstead, they cut him for a day with the agreement that he would come back and that that allowed them to uh, make it get another guy on the final 53 that uh, probably like a, like a Carter Warren, for instance, who uh, the rookie uh, offensive tackle who ended up on IR. So they had to carry him on the 53 so they wouldn't lose him for the year. So essentially that's what the Morstead thing did. You know, it's, it's, it happens every year to a veteran player. You know, he's just like, hey, look, we're just going to cut you for a day. He didn't go on waivers, Morstead, because he's a vested vet. So it was just, it was basically just a little bookkeeping to get him back. But uh, there was never any any doubt that, you know, they were going to change punters. Absolutely not. Come on, Rich. We've talked about special teams on this club for a number of years. This is probably as good as it's been in both positions. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's like, people aren't talking about that. But, you know, the last couple of years under Braden, man, it was, 
it was dicey. Let's be <laughs> let's be you know honest here. Especially like I, I'm having flashbacks to that New England game at Foxborough where he, he punts it right down the middle, and of course the game it's a, a walk off punt return basically for the Patriots. So I think Morstead is a big upgrade over Braden Mann, and I think that will be invaluable for the Jets. Zerline had a really good preseason, and their their special teams unit. I mean, they have an All Pro or Pro Bowl special teamer in Justin Hardy and a really good snapper in Thomas Hennessy. So that is a very solid area. Last thing, Rich, how important is this is this game for the Jets? I mean, we've had conversations here on the station. We've had former Jets come on and, and talk about how important this game is, especially in your building, uh, of the team that has won the division for the past couple of seasons. I mean, just just from your standpoint and what the players are talking about, how important is this Monday night game on 9-11 at, at MetLife against the Bills? Well, I mean, it's a it's huge. I mean, it, I've heard some people on the radio say it's a must win. It's it's obviously not a must win, but uh, and there's going to be overreaction on Tuesday. You know, I'm sure you when you do your show on Tuesday, it'll be, you know, if they lose, it'll be like the sky is falling, and if they win, the Jets are going to the Super Bowl. So it's going to be one extreme or the other. That happens in every city across the NFL after Week One, especially. There's been so much buildup with Aaron Rodgers and the expectations that if the Jets go out there and lay an egg, I mean, yeah, there's going to be a huge backlash. But if they go out there and win, I think it is important. Divisional opponent, home game, 9-11, Rodgers debut. You really you really can't. I, I, I know I'm looking forward to it. I've covered, like I said, I've covered 34 of these season openers. Uh, they're all big. This one seems special in its own way. All right. Rich, keep up the great work, my friend. Uh, take a breather today before you get back to work, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line. All right. Thanks, Larry. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care. It's Rich Amini. We'll get your thoughts and my thoughts on what Rich had to say next. You're listening to The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. The Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, you know, we are celebrating the return of Jets football at 98.7 ESPN with the Michael K. Show live from the lounge at the Meadowlands Racetrack. It takes place Monday, September 11th. That's before the Jets kick off their season against the Bills on Monday Night Football. Start your tailgate early with the K. Show and the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands Racetrack, America's number one sports book. Samini, as always, does a great job and gives you insight and brings up forth a lot of conversation on what you've seen. And it's something that I've been talking about and we've been talking about a lot. And that is from, forget about the offensive line for a second. That is on passing plays. Who's going to be that other guy? Who's the receiver that takes that next step? Now, I would think that when Wilson is double covered or there's, you know, there's, safety help over him or whatever the situation is, it's going to be Alan Lazard. It's either going to be Lazard or Cobb because that's who he has confidence in. He knows that these guys know where to go, where this, if there's a zone, where to sit down in the zone and where it's open and so on and so forth. They have a relationship. They've got a working experience. So I would think that those would be the two guys. But don't discount Hall and Cook out of the backfield and don't discount the tight end especially Hall and Cook out of the backfield, if indeed it's a situation where 
the rush is coming and Rodgers has got to get rid of the football quick. Because the one thing that you can expect from him is a guy who is not going to throw the football just, I got to get rid of it, I'm just throwing it anywhere. You saw in hard knocks, and you've seen throughout his career, he hates interceptions. He's not a guy who's trying to, he's a veteran. Okay, you don't expect that. That's a young player's situation. I mean, he'll roll out and throw it away. Or he'll roll out and try to make a play. If it's not there, he'll throw it away. So that's a positive. That's that's something that Jets fans have not received, have not seen a lot from their quarterback play. Okay? So this is what you can expect. So that's a good part of what you, you're going to get this season offensively. But they do need to make a decision. And I'm sure they will. They know. They've got plays. It depends on the coverage and stuff they're getting. But it, it, it would be interesting to see who's going to be that person that has to step up and make a play All right, when Wilson is covered. Because if you think that Gary Wilson is going to get one-on-one coverage all season, you are sadly mistaken. <laughs> That simply is not happening. Now, you might get it on occasion if they got a, you know, all-out blitz or something of that nature. They might get it there. But he is not getting single coverage where he could just roam the field, especially coming off his status as Offensive Rookie Player of the Year and the fact that you that Rodgers has boasted and, and talked about how great he is. I mean, you can say it's clear. So who's going to be that next player to step up in an offensive situation? And let's face it. Um, the offensive line is going to continue to be a conversation piece every single game of the season, whether they play good or whether they play bad. On the defensive side of the ball, that's interesting for me. Because I I still have my eye on this secondary. I'm still wondering how teams are going to try to attack Sauce Gardner this year. Now, I'm not saying that they, I'm not saying they're going to be successful, and I don't expect him to take a step back. I think he's a hardworking player. I think he's a player who knows what needs to be done. And I think it's a player, he's a player who's going to try to increase and do the best he can and get better and study film. He understands that people are going to go after him. They just are. Why wouldn't they? But on the other side, DJ Reed had a, an outstanding season next year, uh, last year. Is he going to be as good this year? We'll see. But I'll say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The wild card for me. Okay? The wild card for me. It's, it's Robert Sala and the coaching staff. That's what it is. It's Sal and the coaching staff. It's what Ritz said. The last month of the season, last year, there could have been situations where he had in meaningful games, what's the decision we make? What are we doing here? What are we Time management, what are we doing timeouts? What do we do? Stuff like that. Didn't happen because they went on the slide. The season exploded in a bad way. How how will he perform this year? We won't know until we see it. So really, all the players on the field, we get it. They have to execute. 
They have to know the game plan. They have to communicate. They have to do what needs to be done to be to do it the right way. But coaches' decisions will be a huge factor for the Jets this year. Conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty on a Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. Brian Custer will join us at the top of the hour. We'll turn our attention to a little boxing. Right now, we're talking Jets and Giants. 1-800-919-3776. Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, you are next on 98.7. Hey, good afternoon, Larry. Shout out to the company. And very interested to hear the boxing talk that you're going to have. Um, wanted to talk about the Jets. And, mm-hmm. you know, I do agree with you because I do think that the wild card is Salah. I do think that it is the coaching staff. And one of the things that do have me interested in, because I know that the offense is outsourced to Aaron Rodgers and pretty much, you know, him and Nathaniel Hackett pretty much have control over that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be very interesting to see Nathaniel Hackett because he's got a lot to prove for his namesake credibility because people are still people still remember him for that Denver Denver debacle and I've never seen a coach look that bad where they got fired in the first year and that's going to be something that is going to be very interesting because even his resume as a play caller people say, think that a lot uh, people have a lot uh, there's a lot to be desired so it's going to be very interesting. Hopefully, you know, a lot of things do th- um, do turn out well. And I, I, I think that mo- that Monday night game is going to be a must win against the Bills to start to start the season off right. Yeah, I agree with you, Jose. And thanks for the phone call. And, and, and Samini mentioned it that we have talked about. I've been one to say it's a must win. And and we don't mean it in the in the literal sense of must win because must win is either you win and you go home for a playoff spot or something of that nature or you're in the postseason it's when to go home or something like that. So we don't mean it in that sense, but it is a must win because of all the things that have been that have been Jets this year. Okay, it's because it's a must win because all the hype the team has gotten. It's a must win because of the defense, the way it played last year and what people are expecting from it this year. It is must win because everything was really blamed on the fact that the team imploded because of the play of their quarterback. And to be fair, is it totally on the quarterback? No, it wasn't totally on the quarterback's position, but a lot of it was. (laughs) All right. So now that you have addressed the quarterback position in theory, two plus two equals four, then everything should come into fruition. So, I mean, logically, if this team won seven games last year, and we were, and we understand there's a couple that they got lucky they won, whatever, however you want to balance it out, however you want to discuss it, however it figures the math out to you, okay? Is it is it safe to say that Aaron Rodgers on paper is worth at least Three more wins to you. And, and and that's the major question. And so even though you have a schedule that is among the toughest to start, the question is, can Aaron Rodgers and the offensive line give you enough offense so that you can win three more games? Because if you are 10 and 7, 
11 and 6, you know, whatever the number is for you to make the playoffs, that's what this has to do. You have to make the playoffs this season. And it's hard to think that you could make the playoffs in your division if you start out with a loss against Buffalo. You it would be hard for you okay, mentally to think, okay, we, we lost to them at home, but we'll see them again and we'll be able to go in Buffalo and beat them. No, maybe that's the case. All right? Maybe that, I'm not saying it can't happen. Obviously, it could happen. But what's the likelihood of that happening? After you have them in your building, no Vaughn Miller, okay, which helps somewhat because you're really trying to see about your offensive line and how well they play together. So that helps a little bit, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to send pressure from somebody else. It doesn't mean that they're just going to sit there and say, okay, well, Von Miller's not here. We'll just let him sit back and throw. <laughs> no. They're going to test the offensive line. Come on, you know they are. Because everybody's going to test the offensive line. So that's the major question. And, and coaching-wise, how do you prepare for that? Nathaniel Hackett, what what play call do you have that you and Rogers are simpatico that you can make a play when there's a, in your, in, when you're in, in, in trouble, right? How, how, how does that happen? What's the play that you can make? What's the play call when this offense is viewed to be a, a, a great offense, a potentially really, really strong offense, how do you make that a reality? How do you beat really good defensive teams? Will you be able to do that consistently? So that's the question. That, that's, that, that's what's going on here. So that's where you come into play. And so these are all the questions that we will be able to figure out when, uh, you know, when, the season starts. Okay? We'll figure it out. Uh, Joe's in Wyckoff. What's up, Joe? Yeah, hi. I'm calling about you know whether this is a must-win against Buffalo. I, I'm, a, I'm a Jet fan since 65, <laughs> going a long mm-hmm. way back. Wow. And uh, it's great. You know, we'd love to have a win this week. But just like you said, if Aaron Rodgers were three or four wins, you know, hopefully we can win you know, Monday night. But we may learn more if we lose about the character of the team than we would if we win. What do you think? I hear what you're saying, Joe. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, I hear I hear that, but for me, I just think if you want to have a shot at winning your division, you need to be you need to beat the Buffalo Bills at home. And I get it once again. I understand it's not a logical, really uh, literal man, Captain Literal Man, thank you, Peter Rosenberg, must win category, thought process. So let's just say this. If you don't want to use must win, it's a really, really important win that you need to get. Because the conference and the division is very strong and very competitive. Okay, it just is. It's a strong competitive conference and division. And I'm reading all the deaf nails and coffin situation. It's over. New England's not this. New England's not that. (laughs) Okay. 
I believe it when I see it. Are they as good as they were when Tom Brady was there? No, they are not. But last year, they, they, they were right there. They only finished, what, a game behind the Dolphins, who finished second in the division? And, and you know, Belichick finds a way. See, I respect Bill Belichick, the coach, more than I respect Bill Belichick, the, the general manager. <laughs> I'm not sure about Bill Belichick, the general manager. Bill Belichick, the coach, I get. Because he doesn't do things and he prepares his team to not beat themselves. So for them to get, give you a big turnover, for them to do something of that nature, historically, they don't do. They do it very, very rarely. And remember, he had two. He had a defensive guy and a special teams guy calling plays last season. I mean, come on. And they still finished third in their division. Give me a break. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 9870 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty on a Sunday on 987 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also on X at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98-7 underscore FM. Back to the phones we go. Let's go to Tony in the car. What's up, Tone? What's going on, Larry? Long time fan. You're my boy. You are my dude. I love when you're on the radio. I, you, I just Tony. got one question. Mm-hmm. Have I had the Jets once in 69? No. I, 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 so confused. I'm, I'm like, and I'm a diehard Giant fan, you know. I, and they're gonna call me a Jet hater. Okay, fine. But they hype the Jets up all the time, and they get, and they let you down. Oh, and, and Aaron Rodgers was made for the Jets because he gonna let them down too. I don't see it, Larry. I don't see it at all. All the drama, all the the, the hard knocks, all. Of, I, I can't wait. Because when they fall on their face, it's going to be ugly. Ugly, ugly, ugly. But it's just me. I'm not understanding why they get so hyped up since they haven't won anything since 69. But that's just me. Thanks for taking my call, Larry. All right, Tony. Thanks for the phone call. Well, it's not really them. It's it's how people have covered them. And it's really, and you know this, Tony, as a Giant fan, the Jets really haven't been much. They haven't made the playoffs in over a decade. So the hype is the fact that they now have a legitimate quarterback. And I hear what you're saying about Aaron Rodgers, but and he, had, he did not have a good year last year. Do you know with the year he had last year, if he had that year last year with the Jets, Jets would have made the playoffs. That's unbelievable because that's how bad that quarterback play was. So the reason why there's hype around this team is not because of what the team has done previously. It's because Aaron Rodgers has come here with a promising defense and a young coaching staff, with the exception of, well, Nathaniel Hackett's a young coach as far as with the Jets, but a young head coach. And they showed progress last year in the fact that they, you know, were six and what, six and six and three at one point, seven and four at one point. 
And then, you know, the season just blew up with them at the end. Defense did not play as well. Offense continued to struggle. So because of Aaron Rodgers coming here, that's why there is a big, you know, hype. Let's face it. Hard knocks would not be here covering the Jets if Aaron Rodgers was not here. As evidenced by the fact that he was the focal, the focal part, really, focus point of every show. Yes, there were other stories around him. Yes, there were like the, the young, the two uh, wide receivers who made it. The one young man, unfortunately, who didn't make it. You know, the veteran smart, who, who defensive guy who was on the practice team, got called up to the, to the, to the main roster and is, you know, is fighting to stay there. So there's other, there's always other stories, but the whole storyline of hard knocks was Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's, that's why. So it's not so much the Jets who are pointing this on themselves. It's the fact that they went out and got Aaron Rodgers. And listen, honestly, they went out and they got the best quarterback, in their opinion, the best quarterback that was available for them to take a step up to get better. So we'll see what happens. You're right, Tony. Either, listen, it better work. (laughs) That's all I got to say. It it better work. Gabriel's in Brooklyn. What's up, Gabe? What's up, Larry? Listen, man, I feel the same way you feel. You know, like the Jets never had a quarterback at that, um, at that, that had that much experience and that had that much um, at that level, right? But at the same time, you know, like you say, it's not the Jets doing this is the media because this 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 story sells and you know what i'm saying like with aaron Rodgers, now you got this great quarterback and aaron Rodgers also under the pressure like you choke so many times this is your this is the time you could redeem yourself in new york and then we all know they just got a good team because like you said we see what the Jets did with zach wilson as quarterback but now it's up to aaron Rodgers to like you know to take him over the hump as long as the team is healthy right so i'm not hating on the Jets. i don't hate on no new york team i'm in new york all day every day but, you know, I got a favorite team. Like, I would like to see the Jets and the Giants in Super Bowl, and I would root for the Jets because they ain't win nothing in so long. But it's, it's, the people shouldn't be thinking, like, it's the Jets, this is the Jets, that they should be happy for it. Even as a Giants fan, you should be happy for the Jets. It's like your little brother got a chance to come up. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Gabriel. Thanks for the phone call. It's, it's, but, listen, it's, it's, a, it's a fan thing. I get it. As a Giant fan, I understand why he doesn't like the Jets. As a Jet fan, I understand why you don't like the Giants. I get it. I get it. Now, you know, if 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 um, if the Giants are playing uh, Buffalo in Week 15, a Jet fans gonna be a Giant fan for that day because <laughs> you want them to beat Buffalo, all right? And a Giant fan when the Jets play, guess what? Giants fans hate the Jets. Tony gonna be rooting for the Jets when they play when the Jets play Dallas Week Two. <laughs> he'll be he he won't be a Jet fan. He'll be rooting for him. He's not a Jet fan, but he'll be rooting for him. That's how it goes. That's how fandom is. And you understand that that, that that goes with the territory. But, I mean, listen, it's plain and simple. If Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback for this team, this team is not on hard knocks. And it's not, and, and, and there would be even more questions about how this team is going to fare. And this team would probably be, be the third or fourth team in their division. And they might be the third or fourth team in their division, any third team in their division anyway depending on what happens with Miami and Tua. Because I'm telling you, Miami is a very has a very good roster. They got a lot of talent on that team. I mean, Tyreek Hill to cover is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Okay? So it, it's not going to be easy. That's why you got to stay here. It's week after week. It's game after game. 
how this team is going to go. Uh, Mike's in Manchester. Mike, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Thank you for taking my phone call. Um, you know, that's a really great question if it's a must-win early on in the season. You know, I, I really had to sit there and think about it, and I'm going to say no. And the reason why I say no, I don't, obviously I'm not even going to put it out there that Jets losing on Monday night because obviously I want them to win. But, you know, I have to expect this team week one into the middle of the season is going to be totally two different teams. And the reason why I say that, barring injury, and not to use the Tom Brady and the Bucks as a – a measuring stick, but you know how they looked early on compared to how they looked late in the season. So I think early on the Jets might have to lean on that defense early on in the season until that offense does click on all cylinders. And we all know as football fans the two things that do travel is a running game and a defense, and I do think the Jets are going to lean on that running game and that defense, and especially until Aaron Rodgers is clicking on all cylinders with this offense with his new teammates. I think the Jets can, can can go up into Buffalo and steal one or late in the season, especially how they played them all year last year. They played them tough with, with Zach Wilson under center, and you have to expect Rodgers is going to have that chip on his shoulder and is going to be playing great this year, barring injury. All right, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. I, I completely understand what you're saying, and you make, you make some great points. Uh, I just think for me, and once again, maybe must, maybe must win is the wrong term, all right? But for me, let's, if you want to change it, it's a really important game that you should win. Because I just think the schedule is so tough early. And while Aaron Rodgers is getting acclimated and getting better with teams, there's other teams that are doing the same thing. You know, it's a tough schedule based on the playoffs and the, and the caliber of last year. But, I mean, everybody takes a while to get rolling. So, if you can not play your best but beat a Buffalo Bills team early, I think that's outstanding. If you can not play your best and beat a Dallas Cowboys team that's still trying to get ready and and rolling to figure out how the play calling is going to go between Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, that's great. If you can, uh, you know, steal a win – from a Kansas City team or still a win or really not still a win, but beat finally the New England Patriots early. I think that's important. So because while you're getting better, everybody else is getting better too. So I think for me, even though it's early in the season, everybody's like, oh my God, we got the schedule. Look at the schedule. We got this and that. And this, this gauntlet of teams. Everybody because of, yes, there's, there's, Obviously, there's an edge in chemistry if you've been a team that's had gone deep into the postseason, like Kansas City has, like Buffalo has. You've gone deep into the postseason before. Yeah, you have an edge chemistry-wise. But still, it's it's timing, it's execution. It's a difference when you haven't done these things in the preseason against other teams. Yeah, I know about the joint workouts. It's not the same. And I get people not playing pre, not playing your starters in preseason. I get that. And with the injuries that we've seen, even in the preseason, I don't know if we're going to have more than two preseason games going forward and everybody's going to be doing joint practices. I, I don't know if you have any starter in the preseason anymore. I just don't see it. I really don't see it. Key positions, starters are not going to play in the preseason anymore. But they still have to get that feel. They still have to be out there. They still have to do what they need to do. And so I just think that because of that, all the teams are going to start out kind of slow, which is an advantage for you because 
with Aaron Rodgers if if there's struggles or anything. Your defense, as you mentioned, will be able to help hold the game close so you can get a couple until you get them running on all cylinders. So for me, I just think it would be really good and important for you to win the opening night game against Buffalo. Must win? Maybe not, but it would be a really good win to get. Brian Custitall joins me next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.